0: Third episode of Decoding Fox News, and I'm your host Juliet Jeske. Each week, I watch and analyze 15 hours of Fox News, and then break it down. I watch all the Fox News you'd never want to. Let's get into it. Here's the headline: Fox News, a clown show of hysteria, and the evidence-free impeachment inquiry. Now, this first clip is a montage that I spliced. Of three shows basically saying the same things. You're gonna hear some repetition of Fox and Friends, The Five, and Hannity about a very important operation at the White House. This campaign, the do not slip strategy, late operation don't let him trip.
1: Operation Don't Let Joe Fall Again.
2: How Joe Biden's getting new tennis shoes, not the dress shoes. HE HAS BEEN WEARING TENNIS SHOES MORE OFTEN TO AVOID SLIPPING.
1: Uh, NEW SLIP-RESISTANT TENNIS SHOES.
2: AND THE SHORTER STAIRS. HE USED TO GO UP THESE BIG STAIRS, THE STEEP STAIRS. NOW HE, IT LOOKS LIKE HE DOES THE SMALLER STAIRS ON AIR FORCE ONE. AND USING THE SHORT STAIRS ON AIR FORCE ONE. OF
1: COURSE, SAY BYE-BYE TO THE REGULAR STEPS ON AIR FORCE ONE. BIDEN'S MOBILITY ISSUES HAVE BECOME SO BAD THAT HE NOW relies on the short steps that's the uh, a lower deck on the planes easier to walk up those than the big steps
2: he accidentally had another slip so on the baby himself stairs. on the baby, the baby stairs stares. he does recover for he appears unbothered but watch this
1: and there HE goes yeah, yeah bobbles just a little bit
2: and it looks like this plan is already in motion president biden using those small steps today going down air force 1 and it looked like he had to catch himself at that moment that you just saw that is the Don't trip strategy in motion here. It's a far cry from what the media and Democrats have been publicly saying.
1: Anyway, pretty soon, I guess even those steps might become more than the president can handle. And you got it. Right after they launched this operation, right there, Joey slips and loses his footing. Thank goodness he didn't fall, almost slid down the steps while deplaning. Not a great start for Operation Keep Joe from ever falling again. Officially, the White House says Biden's struggles with balance are related to arthritis. But given his history with brain aneurysms, yeah, many experts and just common sense Americans are more than worried that a degenerative mental condition uh, might very well be to blame.
0: Sean Hannity took that to a dark place, didn't he? Went all the way from, oh, he slipped to, He's got brain damage, basically, is what he implied there. Now, I want to preface that although you can't see these clips, because this is all audio, the supposed slip that uh, President Biden made down the stairs was not a slip. It was like a very slight misstep. Very slight. Uh, nobody fell. Nobody tripped. It was uh, them just basically obsessing about every move made. Um I also want to say that I know you can't see this, but as they showed these segments um, on Fox and Friends of the Five and Hannity, on one part of the screen, either a third or half of the screen, uh, there'd be images, and this was almost comical, how often they did this, of just in a loop every single time the president has fallen or, or tripped, every single time. And then this slight misstep that he made down the baby steps as they call them of air force one was also played on a loop repeatedly just like this like 10 second clip just play it play it play it play it play it they went back to the bicycle they went back to the sandbag it was anything that fox could do to drill the message home that joe biden is one slip away from breaking his hip and then it's all over so last week fox used tried its best to combine every element in its arsenal to keep viewers as angry and paranoid as possible. The network twisted itself into knots to blame Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez for the border crisis while presenting Elon Musk as the billionaire maverick who would magically stop illegal immigration with his aviator sunglasses and cosplay outlaw fashion. Fox News also tried desperately to make the second Republican presidential debate seem exciting and dynamic. Wednesday night's broadcast was followed by an endless string of segments across all shows meant to make the debate seem more important and relevant than it was. Viewers weren't fooled, as the audience from the first debate dropped 25 percent to a meager 9.5 million. In contrast, the first and second Republican debates for the 2016 election, drew 23.9 million and 22.9 million viewers, respectively. The network also downplayed the possibility of a government shutdown while hyping up the comically ridiculous impeachment inquiry. If Fox viewers spent the six hours needed, it is six hours long, to watch the first day of the hearing, they could see for themselves that the Republicans didn't present any new evidence that links President Joe Biden to any of their outlandish claims. What Fox didn't feature were the many legal problems Trump faced last week, the rising civil conflict in Azerbaijan, or the funding the Biden administration has allocated to railway safety or research towards drug-resistant bacteria. As usual, a lot happened that Fox News simply didn't cover. Shows I covered last week. Fox and Friends, The Five, Hannity, and the second GOP debate. So the first day of the impeachment inquiry hearings stretched on for over six hours. Although there were many entertaining and informative moments, a typical news junkie might pick up a few uh, clips posted on social media or within a news program. Most Americans don't have six hours to watch members of Congress present arguments, challenge evidence, or sit through procedural votes. This makes it much easier for Fox to spin the event to its audience. The network presented the inquiry as the first step to President Biden's demise. On Thursday, Sean Hannity invited the architects of the inquiry, Representatives James Comer, Jim Jordan, and Jason Smith, to talk about the first day of hearings. James Comer began with a blatant misrepresentation of a text message that was entered as evidence. And this will come up again Later in the podcast. Well, we've got to get to Jim Biden, and that's why today I signed the subpoenas to uh, subpoena Jim Biden's personal bank accounts. He's flown under the radar because, quite frankly, he didn't leave a laptop laying around.
1: But uh, we know from people we've talked to, uh, from evidence uh, in emails and text messages, that he too was just as involved in, as Hunter. Uh, Byron Donald showed that text message today from Jim Biden to Hunter Biden when Hunter was going to rehab again. He said, "Don't worry, I'll work with your dad. We'll finish." Those deals. I mean, there's overwhelming evidence that Joe Biden was involved in all of these shady business schemes. That's a problem. That's a threat to our national security. And today we rehashed and went over all the different items of evidence and we announced the subpoenas. We're going to continue to move forward and follow the money.
0: So you'd basically have to be an expert on this hearing and Hunter Biden to even catch what he said there because it was subtle. He referenced Byron Donalds, who's a representative from Florida. And what Byron Donalds did in the hearing is he took a text message out of context and tried to present it as proof that Jim Biden was working with Joe Biden in some type of business deal. And the quote that he used was, this can work, you need a safe harbor, I can work with your father alone. And that is a quote from Jim biden jim biden being hunter biden's uncle joe biden's brother now that was taken out of context in the full context of the text message it's clear that hunter biden was begging for financial help for tuition for his daughters and alimony payments for his ex-wife according to what i could find in both hunter biden and his ex-wife memoirs at the time of their divorce the couple's communal property was over mortgaged and hunter had spent most of his savings on his drug addiction, sex workers, lavish hotels, and various rehab facilities. Hunter openly talked about being robbed and exploited by various nefarious characters he surrounded himself with while in the throes of addiction and claimed he was spending $1 million a year just to keep up with double mortgages and elite school tuitions. Now, so already in that brief clip, this is the same day as the first hearing. James Comer, knowing that Byron Donalds had been corrected in the hearing, goes ahead, goes on Hannity, and repeats this complete fabrication. Imagine if somebody were to take part of an email message that you sent, (laughs) completely misrepresent it, and then claim that it, it it was proof that you committed a crime that's outrageous and that's exactly what they did now this next clip is an excerpt from a longer segment on the pbs NewsHour about the exact same hearing
2: republicans are looking at millions of dollars made by hunter biden the president's son and james biden his brother especially in 2019 and 2020 for consulting with foreign businesses including in ukraine and china They have charts of shell companies and spoke of texts and phone calls between Biden family members. But in all of that, Democrats repeatedly pointed out there is no direct evidence of payments to or influence peddling by Joe Biden. If the Republicans had a smoking gun or even a dripping water pistol, they would be presenting it today, but they've got nothing on Joe Biden.
0: That, of course, is Representative Jamie Raskin, and Desjardins continues. Do you all solemnly swear or
2: Republican a- witnesses were broad experts in law and investigation, and they raised broad questions. Forensic accountant Bruce Dubinsky.
3: Why were members of the Biden family and close business associates receiving millions of dollars of payments from foreign entities and individuals? What services, if any, were being
2: provided? He concluded Much more information is still needed in order to be able to answer these questions none said they've seen enough to add up to a crime law professor and conservative commentator Jonathan Turley
1: this is a question of an impeachment
0: inquiry it is not a vote on articles of impeachment in fact I do not believe that the current evidence would support articles of impeachment I just want to point out the stark contrast between the two networks now I will preface that that was not the only segment about the inquiry on Fox News last week. Of course it wasn't. But it was such a clear example of how incredibly biased the network is and how openly misleading his statement was. And so this is basically how it goes. So Hannity asks on... The one man who probably is the tip of the spear in regards to this impeachment inquiry. And that would be Representative James Comer of Kentucky. Um, James Comer has passionately been obsessed with this pretty much since Biden got elected. And he not only does not hide his bias, of course, you don't show another side. We don't see a Democrat come on and talk. We just see the three men who are the, you know, Republicans heading this thing. And then Comer... Says something that he must know is misleading, and the reason why he must know it's misleading is because in the next segment I'll point out who caught it, and called the uh, Byron Donalds on his false statement because it is a false statement. You can't take part of an of a text message out of context and present it in a misleading way, which is what he did. So Comer knows this, and he goes ahead and says it anyway. Now on the PBS side. You have Desjardins, who basically just spells it out. Well, this is what's happening. These are the witnesses. The witnesses are not, you know, are just experts in their field. They don't aren't actually witnesses who know more about Hunter Biden. Uh, They're not bringing anything new to the table. And then she uses actual quotes from the event to show her viewers what happened. Now, I've watched five hours of this six-hour extravaganza, as it were. And I had to do it in fits and starts because I'm always overburdened with work and I don't have 6 hours to dedicate to just watching this. So I've watched it in like sections and I've clipped some of it. I might do something with it cuz it is funny. There are some really great moments. And I know they've already made it onto social media. It's like 4 or 5 days old at this point, but it is it is highly entertaining. Oh my goodness. Moskowitz, uh, AOC, Goldman, Um, Crockett there's so many representatives on the Democratic side who just (laughs) laid into these people uh, because they don't have any new evidence they don't that is accurate and what was amusing about it is the Democrats kept uh, bringing up Trump saying well what about his family what about all the money they made when they worked in the White House and hey Jared Kushner actually worked in the White House you're not talking about him so that was humorous and they just pointed out so many of the huge flaws in this sort of plot to try to distract from Trump or get Biden or exploit the fact that Hunter Biden's had a lot of problems in his life. I mean, it, it was, it was a bit of a circus and entertaining, but again, you need six hours to go through this. So I'm not sure what I'm going to do with it yet. I might turn into a podcast where I just feature some of the, the funnier clips. I don't know. We'll see how I do on time this week. I'm not sure what I'm going to do because it's already been out there for a while, but it was highly entertaining. I got such a kick out of it, even though I, couldn't sit through the whole thing. Um, so this next clip feeds right off of what I just played. This is from the five, and they are talking about the impeachment inquiry, and Jessica Tarloff kind of gets into it with Jesse Waters over what I just described with Byron Donalds. Oh. All right.
1: So Jessica says there's no new evidence. When I you're... complimented you though. I said you shouldn't. Okay. Be well, a it witness. doesn't let you off the hook because here's the new evidence they presented: an email. From Jim Biden to Hunter Biden. Oh, the doctored one. No. Yeah. I can work with your father alone. So there goes the I was never in business with yes. my son, <laughs> because not only were you in business with your son, you were in business with I'm your so brother. I'm so
4: glad you brought that up. So
2: that really? came from Byron Donalds, and okay. then AOC had the okay. full quote of what okay.
3: happened, and I, he wasn't I, talking I, about
0: working with. I, 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 I have I,
3: the full quote. Yeah. No, you don't. I have the full I've quote. I've written down so
0: much more than you. It's astonishing. Okay. I just wanna point out very quickly that it's pretty apparent that Jesse Waters probably did not watch the entire impeachment inquiry. He's trying to fake it. I'm sure he saw a clip of Byron Donalds, but he did not see AOC's response. Now, I got this clip from ACYN, spelled A-C-Y-N. He posts about Fox all day long. He's wonderful, he's helped me out before, and I just saw this clip and was like, oh, my goodness. So I stuck the clip you just heard next to this clip, and this is, Byron Donalds had given his uh, evidence, quote-unquote evidence, I should say, of this text message, not an email, taken out of context. And when it was AOC's time to have her five minutes, because that's all they get, each representative gets five minutes, this is what she said.
4: One of our colleagues, a gentleman from Florida, presented up on this screen, something that looked, appeared to be, a screenshot of a text message containing or insinuating an explosive allegation. That screenshot of what appeared to be a text message was a fabricated image. It was a fabricated image. I don't know where it came from. I don't know if it was the staff of the committee, but it was not the actual direct screenshot from that phone. And in fact, I would like to submit to the committee the actual full context from, as a, from the Ziegler affid- affidavit number one, exhibit 402, of the full text of that exchange. Do I have permission from the chair? Uh, okay. Importantly, what was brought out from, from that fabricated image excluded critical context that changed the underlying meaning and allegation that was presented up on that screen by this committee and by by members of this committee. Now they are well within their right to do that because they are covered by the Speech and Debate Clause. This was not submitted by a material or fact witness under oath. That was not submitted by a material or fact witness under oath.
0: I would argue that moments like these are when AOC truly shines. She sometimes says outrageous things that is that are basically become red meat for Fox News that upset certain people. Um, her fans, her followers, people who adore her don't seem to mind. But I personally think when she is just electric is when she is breaking down something like this. Because she doesn't hold back. It's like she goes straight in. She picked up the piece of paper that had the text message on it held it up and said, this is what was here. You lied about it. And she pointed out that he was able to get away with that due to the laws in Congress that allow him. But basically because he's not under oath and that this is just a hearing, they can kind of get away with stuff like this. And that's what was so enraging. So way to go, AOC. That was a beautiful moment. I was highly impressed. Um I love it when she really does look amazing. There have been times where I go, "What did you just say?" <laughs> but I again, like I said last week, I do that with all of them. Every politician. I don't worship anybody. I don't hold anybody up on a pedestal. I'm highly critical of anyone elected to public office. I think we all need to be. But um that was that was truly a great moment. So uh, I'm going to go into AOC in the next segment. This 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 entire podcast fit together like puzzle pieces in such a beautiful way that rarely, pretty much never happens. <laughs> it's usually I got to find a through line somehow, and I'm just like, ugh. And this week, I'm like, oh my, it's right there. It's just right there. So I just want to add very quickly. Um, I should give a shout out to my sponsor since I'm 20 minutes into the podcast. And that sponsor are listeners to this podcast and readers of my newsletter this is a crowd source funded project and i could not exist without people who are paid subscribers and patreon supporters and thank you so much if you're one of those people listening to this podcast right now if you would like to become a sponsor go to my Substack at decoding fox news go to my patreon at decoding fox news and if you want to give a one-time donation there's a dollar sign next to my name on twitter also known as x you can do it that way um another way you can help out is you can share the podcast share the newsletter tell your friends that helps tremendously put it on social media all of that fun stuff now back to aoc for blame aoc for the border crisis so fox news loves And I mean, loves talking about AOC. They have kind of dialed it back recently because they've targeted other congresspeople like John Fetterman. Basically, if you're a big personality, you get a lot of press, you get a lot of attention, Fox News will go after you. So now there are actually 435 members of the House of Representatives. And about 20, maybe 25 of them, get an inordinate amount of press. And if you're a Democrat getting a lot of press, then Fox News will go after you. And they've gone after AOC pretty much since the day she was elected because she's very charismatic. She also gets an inordinate... She gets a crazy amount of press. That that has died down a little bit, and I think it's to her favor. I think getting a crazy amount of press is not good for anybody because it's like you're just under a microscope all the time so they also go after fetterman because he's popular he's charismatic he's this larger than life character and i predict write this down the next person who fox news will target for no apparent reason is representative jasmine crockett of texas because she is a superstar i cannot say enough good things about this woman in the past um impeachment inquiry which again you can find you could literally just google jasmine crockett impeachment inquiry if you want to watch these you've probably seen the clips you see what looks she appears to be very petite um beautiful black woman who is incredibly smart very witty and just holds nothing back and on a quick aside i'm very glad tucker carlson no longer has a show on fox news because he seemed to have a habit of viciously tearing into black women who had any sort of success or power. I noticed this pretty much as soon as I started watching him. He, he would get more worked up when his target was a black woman. And I, I don't really know why, but it was definitely noticeable and ugly to watch. So we don't have to see that right now until he gets his other project going or whatever he does. But back to AOC. So what basically happened is AOC mildly criticized, I'd say this is mildly criticized, Representative Tony Gonzalez of Texas and Elon Musk for going down to the border because she was pointing out like, look, we're about to vote on this government shutdown. If you aren't here, you could clog this up, you could screw it up and you're doing this goofiness, this publicity stunt really with Elon Musk. This first clip is from Fox and Friends and it starts with Lawrence Jones.
2: Um, THIS IS AOC, SHE has SOME WORDS ON X, SHE SAYS, WHAT'S FUNNY ABOUT THIS PHOTO? NO ONE SAID ANYTHING WAS FUNNY, BUT OKAY. <laughs> THE HOUSE IS HOLDING important funny, votes IN D.C. TONIGHT. PEOPLE ARE SCRAMBLING TO AVOID A SHUTDOWN, BUT THIS REPUBLICAN CONGRESSMAN WHO REPRESENTS THE DISTRICT DECIDED TO SKIP TOWN TO JOY RIDE WITH A BILLIONAIRE WHEN HIS OWN PARTY HAS JUST A SINGLE DIGIT MARGIN AND NEEDS HIS VOTE. So, all of a sudden, she's concerned about it. is she going to vote for the border security that is going to be in the appropriations? Uh, what city does she represent? New York? New York. What is being affected outside the border city? Right. What is affecting me? Right. None. And she refuses to go back to the border, although, here's this photo of AOC. Sure. This is her doing the Trump administration. Yeah. Crying outside, hugging everyone. Meanwhile, we have kids that are going through razor wire. She hasn't hugged them. The images. A two month old baby was crossing. It's just good to see Elon Musk and Representative Gonzalez doing the job that President Biden should do, that Kamala Harris should do. We aren't seeing those images. We aren't seeing them visit the border. We did see AOC visit and start crying when she saw the kids in cages, even though that was a Barack Obama thing,
4: because. Uh... That uh, AOC was making fun of. Uh, uh, both Elon and the uh, uh, the Congressman who took him there is in 2019, when she did this fake, she was crying because, you know, she thought the children were in cages.
1: And then you have Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez trashing Elon Musk AND his visit, accusing a Republican congressman that joined Elon Musk of taking a joy ride with the billionaire. Maybe she's mad because she's being criticized for owning a Tesla. It's not American made. It wasn't made by the uh, UAW.
0: Okay, just want to point out again that there are 435 members of of the House of Representatives, 100 senators. Why on earth are you blaming one woman or making it seem like it's her responsibility to go down there? She was not the only uh, member of Congress to visit the border uh, during the Trump administration. She was not the only member of Congress to be photographed at the border. During the Trump administration, it's just classic Fox making it seem as if this one person who's from a district of New York City is somehow the most important person to address this issue. She's not. I just want to also address a comment that was made by Ansley Earnhardt there that was sort of a throwaway about, oh, this is an Obama policy. It was not. So uh, the images of AOC crying at the border were during the family separation policy. So the Trump administration issued a zero-tolerance policy that purposefully separated children from their parents with no process to record what happened to them once they were taken into custody. The family separation policy was created by the former acting director of U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement, Thomas Homan, and backed by Stephen Miller, a former senior advisor and speechwriter for Trump. Over 5,000 children were removed from their parents' custody during this time. The policy was meant to deter families from taking the risk of immigrating to the United States illegally. In 2014, this is where the Obama comparison comes in. During the Obama administration, there was a surge of unaccompanied minors at the southern border who were temporarily held in a new Central Processing Center, or CPC. The facility was a large warehouse with areas separated by chain-link partitions. Although the center was air-conditioned and clean, the images of children housed in these areas were grim. The CPC was actually considered an improvement on what the Immigration and Customs had before, um, ironically. So images from the CPC during the Obama administration have been used by Trump officials to mislead the public that Trump was simply following the same policy as his predecessor. This is what the, quote-unquote, kids in cages, quote, line comes from. During the Obama administration, when migrants were detained, entire families were placed together. Many advocates for undocumented immigrants were critical of Obama's policies, but they were nowhere near as draconian or cruel as the family separation policy under Trump. So just to get that clear, they constantly lie about this. Um, what They lied about it like during the Trump administration, would not stop lying about it. Barack Obama did not intentionally take children away from their parents as a means to deter immigration. That is 100% the Trump administration. I think there's plenty to criticize about both administrations in regards to immigration. But again, I think the real problem with immigration would go back to Congress, which has not dealt with it in decades, really since the '80s. So we're just, you know, we're just treading water in this disorganized mess that is our immigration policy. That doesn't work. That's dysfunctional, and it's just causing misery all over the place. But that's a whole, again, that's a whole other podcast. <sighs> now and again, puzzle pieces, puzzle pieces fitting together, fitting together. We go from AOC uh, making that comment about uh, a representative and Elon Musk, and then. Fox News, you know, wasting crazy amounts of airtime on it as if she's like the arbiter of immigration in the United States. And we go into ridiculous sycophant worshipping of Elon Musk, which is bizarre because Elon Musk has given Tucker Carlson a platform. Tucker Carlson used to work for Fox News. Tucker Carlson is openly trashing his former employee now. The other issue that's kind of hilarious here is that Elon Musk held that terrible train wreck of a campaign announcement for Ron DeSantis on Twitter directly competing with Fox News. And Fox News still can't get enough of Elon Musk. And this is just absolutely sickening, these next clips. I mean, I was like, throw up. And I wanna add that Elon Musk looked like a complete idiot and that hat that didn't really, like fit him right. People said it was backwards. And then the hat people were like, no, it's not backwards. I'm like, well, it doesn't fit him. It looks ridiculous. And then it's like all black outfit with aviator glasses. And it's like, what are you doing? So you want to go see the border, big freaking deal. What are you going to do about it? You're a private citizen. You got a lot of money, but what are you going to do about it? Like, he didn't say anything when he went, just, you know, look at me, look at the border. So this first clip is Brian Kilmeade from Fox and Friends.
1: OR YOU COULD GO TO THE BORDER AND be there with a billionaire who is going to try to take his knowledge that he learned from trying to land on Mars and send satellites into the sky and dig tunnels under the ground and build electric cars on our on our roads and he's going to take some of his knowledge as he live streams his appearance at the border, arguably the number one issue plaguing this country that even Democrats got to admit, the, except for one, Iana Presley, that it is a problem in this country that needs to be addressed. So he put on a t shirt and he headed down and let X live stream it. He went there with Republican Congressman
3: Tony Gonzalez and he's trying to get a hold of this. Do not be surprised if Musk has a way to solve this problem. But you won't. So he goes and now you cover it. Musk is essentially fulfilling a role that for the last three years has been vacant. President. He's on the forefront of speech. He's on the forefront of immigration. He's on the forefront of parental rights, while our so called commander in chief is, you know, renovating his house <laughs> using money from China. So he's stepping up because apparently our commander in chief doesn't right, give.
1: But, I, first of all, I give Elon a lot of credit. I find him, I think he's a very interesting character. I think he's a great innovator. He's a brilliant mind. Um, he's just interesting to me.
0: So I found it mildly amusing that Sean Hannity was just sort of like, yeah, he's an interesting character. Yeah, I find him interesting. I like him, sort of. (laughs) Whereas Brian Kilmeade was like, he's going to go to Mars. He's going to solve everything. He's, he's, He's the leader of the world. He's the richest man. He was all black. And then that's kind of my weird Brian Kilmeade. And then Greg Gutfeld just like, he's the president. Okay, Greg Gutfeld. Um, he's going to come up next, later in the podcast, Got another Greg Gutfeld clip. Now, this one uh, is very brief and uh, very, very funny to me. Um, this was about the debate. It's a Fox guest goes rogue. And that's one of the rare moments when Fox has a guest on who does not play by the rules. And in this case, it was the day after the debate. Here's, I'm going to set the scene. Ansley Ainhart has a small panel of voters. Some of them are Democrats. Some of them are independent. Some of them are Republicans. Like Eight people, maybe. And they're sitting outside. It's so early in the morning that it's still dark out. They're outside of Fox News studios. Um, there's lights on them. And Ansley's all excited. She starts asking the panel questions. And she gets to this woman who just gives the perfect samantha
2: hugs on the front row morristown new jersey strong conservative you say who'd you like last night border's a big issue for you um i
0: have to say i didn't really care for anyone last night um i think it was a clown show and boom goes the dynamite i don't think they wanted her to say that (laughs) she actually was a huge trump supporter and talked about human trafficking after that but i just thought that was just a perfect i just thought it was a clown show Just thought it was a clown show. A clown show! Wah, wah. Anyway, I think she summed it up pretty well. I think she did. Clown show is pretty good. Although I think a clown show would actually be far more entertaining than the debate. Um, But next we move on to uh, Greg Gutfeld and his biggest beef with the debate, which was hilarious to me specifically because... I THOUGHT THIS PERSON WAS THE SHINING LIGHT OF THE DEBATE. THE ONLY THING INTERESTING ABOUT THIS DEBATE. HERE WE GO.
3: And FOX JOINING UNIVISION, PERHAPS WAS THE WORST PARTNERSHIP I'VE EVER SEEN SINCE BUD LIGHT HIRED DYLAN MULVANEY. (laughs) I MEAN, YOU HAVE A HOST. (laughs) Unload a litany of liberal cliches whose premises we challenge successfully every day, and yet they were treated as approved truths. She had no follow up to each one, which is weird. So it was like a deliberate list prepared by the DNC to tweak the candidates, to tweak the audience. It didn't feel like a journalism debate to me. It felt like the view without pastries. And by the way, this isn't on Fox, right? So don't accuse me of shooting in the tent. Hosts had. Their autonomy over their questions. This is on the RNC, who felt they had to have Fox partner with Univision, as if it would be value-added when, in fact, it was value-subtracted. Perhaps give Univision their own debate, right? Instead of loading questions with with like these not-so-subtle accusations. I was waiting for her to ask one of the candidates, "When was the last time you beat your kids?" It was just so silly.
0: One of the more interesting aspects of Greg Gutfeld is that he identifies as a comedian, and yet he tells jokes that commonly, often, just land with a thud. One of my favorites was, I've saved them when he really bombs, Uh, he was at the Patriot Awards, which is like a Fox News Huge event, and they had this enormous live audience, and even the dumbest things were getting laughs. Like, I had a cold. <laughs> Jesse Waters, he has hair. They, they would laugh. Greg Gutfeld had like prepared jokes that he'd written out, that he read out loud, that landed like lead balloons. Now it should be rather obvious why the RNC would want a dynamic, charismatic Latina correspondent from Univision on as a moderator. It's called Latino voters. The RNC is not Fox, even though there's a lot of overlap there. And the RNC sees the future, realizes the United States already is less white and will continue to be less white. And that has nothing to do with your ridiculous Great Replacement. It's been going in this direction for decades. And more and more Americans are actually going to identify as mixed. So guess what? (laughs) This old white male, you know, army of people that watch Fox and support Fox is not going to exist forever and the RNC knows that that's it it's not that complicated the last clip uh and i feel like i haven't done judge janine and everybody tells me to do judge janine so i've got to do it maybe i'll do a quick montage judge janine had a very funny clip uh last week that was basically she was talking about pigs and she's like you gotta get them spayed because once they hit puberty they go nuts so you gotta spay your pig and if you don't spay your pig, it'll go crazy and it'll attack you and then before you know it, you're running away from your pig. Why did I adopt a pig? Oh, cause I read Charlotte's Web to my kids and they liked it. So I got them two pigs. I loved my pigs. I loved my pigs. But you gotta get them spayed. Get them fixed. Get them clipped. Okay, that's my ma. Uh, She's exhausting to do. She really is. She's exo- I don't know how she does it. I don't know how her sound people handle it without breaking their eardrums. I don't know how she's a. She's not super petite. She's five foot four. She's average height, but she's got a little frame, and this huge voice comes out of her. And I'm like, all right, Judge Janine, let's go, Judge Janine. Anyway, um, this one is funny. Now I want to give a shout out to. I don't know how to pronounce her last name because it is Palestinian, and it is challenging. Just looking at it, she goes by Kat Abu on Twitter on the X. It's kind of how she's known as Kat. I call her Kat for Media Matters all the time. She grabbed this clip. I was too busy making last week's podcast to even pay attention to this clip. I completely missed it. And I get off, uh, get back on Twitter when I was done. And I see this thing and it went crazy viral. I think it was like 16 million the last time we checked. And I was like, tip of the hat, cat, tip of the hat. So this just made me laugh because one of the main topics last week on Fox was like hysteria about crime. And this is a man on the street um, segment. that was hosted by Johnny. Johnny just goes by one name. He works for Jesse Waters. He's the man on the street guy. Jesse Waters started his career as the man on the street guy. I did this once in grad school. It's really easy to do. Basically you just have to talk to a ton of people, find the most outrageous clips and make your segment out of the most outrageous clips. Or in my case, we weren't looking for outrageous clips, just the most relevant clips. Most of what you get is going to be garbage, but you just keep going up to people. And if you've got like a budget and a crew and time, this should be easy because you talk to 50 people, you might only need four clips. Well, what something happened in seattle and i'll just say this seattle went rogue they were not having it they smelled this stupid segment a mile away and they're like shove it so this is the segment it's johnny talking to random people in seattle. It's three people total very funny segment
4: crime homelessness violence and filth are now the norm in liberal cities and the voters don't seem to bind TAKE THE CHAOS IN SEATTLE. THE BLUE CITY HAS SURPASSED LAST YEAR'S HOMICIDE TOTAL WITH THREE MONTHS LEFT IN THE YEAR AND VIOLENT CRIME IS UP 25%. JESSE SENT JOHNNY TO THE PROGRESSIVE HELLSCAPE WHERE RESIDENTS MOCKED THE IDEA THAT THE CITY IS SPIRALING OUT OF CONTROL.
1: I'VE NEVER SEEN ANY CRIME IN SEATTLE. I'VE NEVER SEEN ANY OF IT. I'VE SEEN FUN AND LAUGHTER AND LAUGHTER AND FUN.
4: I
0: DON'T BELIEVE THAT
3: NUMBER. People, they're, you know, getting robbed out here, carjacked.
4: I've never heard of anyone getting robbed. Crime is a social issue that could be solved by giving people their basic needs. It's not a thing that happens just on the street. People don't just come up and try to rob people on the street. Do you walk around
0: every day like someone's going to rob me every second?
3: Seattle decriminalized drug use and then they criminalized it again.
0: Oh my God, who are you getting these facts from? You're from New York. Apparently you're listening to the wrong people. I saw a a lot of
3: people shooting up on my way down here. Oh. Oh, did you? Okay.
0: And they were bothering you?
3: I was in a car, but, you know, people... Oh, no, people
0: you're in a car. Oh, no, they were hurting you so bad. Oh, no. Wow. Well, th- so I just left a little tiny bit of Judge Janine's voice on at the end of that clip of a, Well, because I can just see her just like, How are you not mad? You need to be jumping up and saying, Lock them up. I don't care if they're 13 years old. They stole a candy bar. Lock them up. You know, like, what are you, what are you doing? Like, I find that humorous because she's no longer a judge. She can't actually do that to anyone. So, And the laws are written as such and that no judge in most states could do that. The, that whole raise the age, which she was talking about. Um, she can't raise the age. She is just a pundit on Fox. I hope nobody thought that was a little too dark. My humor is very, very dark. It's just very dark. I'm the combination of a blue-collar upbringing with a Catholic... lot of dogma very heavy catholic upbringing and i just have a tendency to to view things at a very kind of i don't that in british television a lot of british comedy as a child it's it's warped my brain a little bit i'm not the sunshine and rainbows kind of person i'm i'm laughing at people running into walls i don't know it's there's something wrong something something broken there anyway i do find her very amusing because she again she doesn't have power anymore That's what makes it funny. If she was still a judge and had power over people, it would be terrifying to hear her say that. Um, Anyway, we're going to move on. And this is usually like a combination of depressing stories and uplifting stories. Stories... Fox News ignored every week. I compare the hours I watch on Fox with five hours of the PBS News Hour. The following is a list of stories that PBS covered that Fox News did not. So we start with developments in the war in Ukraine. Ukraine claimed it killed a Russian admiral, Viktor Solikov, along with 34 other officers in a missile strike. Russia countered with a video that said they proved Solikov was alive and unharmed. Russia launched a series of drone attacks on Ukraine. Ukrainian air defenses claim they shot down 34 of the 44 incoming drones. PBS produced an extended segment from Ukraine about the counter offensive. Experts believe the Ukrainian military only has about a month before the weather will become too rainy for them to advance in Russian occupied territory. Next section, climate disasters. Greece was hit with its second powerful storm in less than a month that caused massive flooding and extensive property damage. A report by the Swiss Academy of Sciences found that glaciers in Switzerland have lost 10% of their volume in the past two years. Climate experts said the dramatic loss was due to man-made climate change. Trump's legal problems. Trump's lawyers challenged the gag order on his 2020 election subversion case. U.S. District Judge Tanya Chutkin, set courtroom arguments for the order for October 16th. A New York judge issued a summary judgment that found Donald J. Trump and his sons, Donald Trump Jr. and Eric Trump, committed fraud by inflating the value of their properties. The judge canceled certificates that allow several of his companies to operate in New York State. U.S. District Judge Tanya Chutkin said she won't recuse herself from Donald Trump's 2020 election interference case, rejecting the former president's claim that her past statements showed that she cannot be fair. The Biden administration is supplying free COVID tests again through the U.S. Postal Service. The family of a black teenager is filing a federal civil rights lawsuit against Governor Greg Abbott and Attorney General Ken Paxton, saying they are not enforcing the Crown Act, a law that was passed in Texas that's supposed to protect people from being penalized based on their hair texture or hairstyle. The Biden administration has allocated $1.4 billion to help improve railway safety and improve capacity. The funds will be used for 70 projects in 35 states in washington dc a nasa probe brought back the first samples from asteroids back to earth the samples should help scientists learn more about the origin of our solar system biden held a two-day summit at the white house with leaders from the 18-member pacific islands forum joe biden declared his dedication to ensuring the indo-pacific is free open prosperous and secure at least 100,000 ethnic armenians have fled the separatist area Of Nagorno-Karabakh in Azerbaijan as the World Court ordered the military to remove its troops from the area. Azerbaijan is not expected to comply and has dissolved the separatist government. The region is internationally recognized as part of Azerbaijan but its national sovereignty has been disputed for decades. The federal government and 17 states are suing Amazon in a landmark monopoly case over allegations that the e-commerce giant harmed competition. California Governor Gavin Newsom signed a bill that would ban school boards from rejecting textbooks based on instruction about contributions of people from different racial backgrounds, sexual orientations, and gender identities. South Korea held its first military parade in a decade as a show of strength to mark its 75th Armed Forces Day. North Korea has defended its missile launches as being necessary for its national defense. A Supreme Court rejected Alabama's attempt to avoid creating a second black-majority congressional district. At least 100 people were killed in a fire caused by an indoor fireworks display at a wedding hall in Iraq. The Biden administration has committed $100 million to research drug-resistant bacteria, also known as superbugs. South Korean automaker Hyundai and Kia issued a recall for 3.3 million used vehicles because they can catch fire while parked or while driving due to issues with the anti-lock brake system. A pro-Kremlin politician, Robert Fico, won the last election in Slovakia. Slovakia is a member of NATO, and the shift in power could threaten EU unity towards Ukraine. Student journalists working in cooperation with the nonprofit Hyde Square Task Force found that basic groceries in low-income neighborhoods at Stop and Shop in the Boston area were priced higher than the same items at the same grocery chain in a higher-income area. Stop and Shop responded by saying that rent, labor costs, store size, and selection contributed to its price differences and that the samples included 1% of the 10,000 items available in the two stores. The investigation into a doping scandal involving a Russian figure skater at the last Winter Olympics has stretched past 600 days. Athletes from Russia, the United States, and Japan cannot receive their medals for their team competition until the issue is resolved. If the Russian skater is found guilty, the U.S. would get gold, Japan would get silver, and the Canadian team would win bronze. Last Friday marked six months since, Evan Gersonovich, an American journalist working for the Wall Street Journal- was arrested and jailed in Russia on bogus espionage charges. A jury ruled in favor of Leroy Torres, former Army reservist exposed to toxic burn pits. Torres was featured in an earlier segment on PBS that explored the long-lasting health problems caused by exposure to burn pits. The Supreme Court will decide if laws in Texas and Florida limiting how social media platforms regulate content are constitutional. In both states, the laws are meant to limit what social media companies can remove from their platform. All of those stories, every single one of them, was not included on Fox last week. Um, So that's how much a typical Fox News viewer is missing out on. So by the numbers, every week I compare Fox News to PBS. I go by their top five topics. This was Fox News last week. 23% GOP debate. That makes sense. They sponsored it. It was on their network. 14% was Biden bashing. The whole Biden tripping thing was a large section of that. Crime increasing, 8%. Impeachment inquiry, 7%. And the border crisis, 6%. For the PBS NewsHour, we had the top topic was um, the looming government shutdown that did not happen. That was 11%. It was Almost almost happened, was averted at the last second. Six percent were the uh segments about the aftermath of the wildfires in Hawaii. Six percent was artist profile, which is a regular segment on the network. And then the death of Senator Diane Feinstein got six five percent. And the impeachment inquiry also got five percent. Now I just want to point out that Fox spent a lot of time and energy on the wildfires in Hawaii as long as they could use them as some type of weapon against Joe Biden. Now that it's been a minute, they don't really report on it anymore, very little. And PBS did extended comprehensive segments on how people are coping, how they're trying to rebuild, the controversies involved with developers and the whole nine yards. And that tends to follow patterns on Fox as they get very excited about a disaster right when it happens and they drop it. And other networks will stay with the story a little bit longer. So the words used on Fox last week were Biden for staggering 508 times. Border, 238. That shot way up. Uh, Trump, 210. That's also pretty high. Debate, 192. Hunter, 115. Now, I like to go through what wasn't mentioned as many times as Hunter. I always find that interesting because Hunter really shouldn't be that important. Crime, 70. Migrant, 57. Impeachment, 55. Economy, 52. Inflation, only 30. Fetterman, 20. UAW, 18. Elon Musk, 18. AOC, 13. Climate, 10. Strike, 10. So that's it. That's the uh, newsletter podcast. Uh, This week, I'll be covering Fox & Friends, The Five, The Ingram Angle. I might have a special episode. I don't know yet, depending on how much time I have. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to become a paid subscriber, uh, you can go to my Substack, stack at Decoding Fox News. You can go to my Patreon at Decoding Fox News. My expenses are going to go up in the next month or so due to uh, student loans and health insurance. So we'll see how I manage that. Um, I, I have faith that this will project will continue to grow. At the moment, it's kind of a survival... Uh, wage but I like I said I'm confident that it will grow because it has been growing for 19 months so thank you so much for supporting Dakota Talks News and Odin and Thor the podcast God send their love I will see you at the next
4: podcast